and gentlemen of the congregation, welcome to another episode of the Motorsport Ministry. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about driver code. Are we really going to see more than 16 winners this year in the NASCAR Cup Series? Our race weekend rankings and our verse of the week. So without further ado, let's get started by talking about driver code. And I'm going to start off with this. Everyone knows or has a certain code that they follow. You know, for guys, it's, you know, oh, we're not going to betray one of our own just to get a girl, and obviously vice versa, or maybe maybe a different kind of code, like you always trust your family, you always stay by their side. You know, everyone has a code, a moral that they follow. And in auto racing, it's no different. We have many different types of racing codes for drivers, for media, etc., etc. But the driver code is very interesting to talk about because... It feels like that the driver code is kind of going away. It feels like a lot of the newer drivers are disregarding the driver code because they're that obsessed with winning. These new drivers coming in are so hungry to win, to add to their resume, that they're willing to disregard any driver code in order to get what they want, which is obviously a checkered flag or an extra tally in the win column. And we saw that especially with this weekend at Gateway. Where Ross Chastain, he was just bulldozing through drivers left and right. Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, just to name a couple examples, where he was just going through them with it felt like no regard for who's behind the wheel or just, you know, regard of the payments that are gonna have to be made for all that bent up sheet metal. But this isn't just with Ross Chastain, this isn't started since this year. It's felt like for the past anywhere from five to six years. That driving that the driver code has really been put into jeopardy with drivers like Ross Chastain, with drivers even as far back as Joey Logano. You know, these drivers where they don't care. They don't care what they do. They don't care who they're doing it to. They don't care about integrity. They just care about, I want to win. I want to gain as many spots as possible. And I kind of want to go over what is really causing this. What is causing this lack of respect and this increase in aggressive driving? Mostly in the NASCAR Cup Series. We'll get a little more into in-depth later on. Maybe talk about IndyCar and Formula 1's driver code. But to go back to the early 2000s and early 2010s, where these drivers, they raced hard, they raced aggressive, but they had a driver code where you didn't just bulldoze through everybody. You know, they had, in, it felt like they had something like integrity in their driving. They let their skill and their respect for one another put everything out on track rather than just, I'm just going to punt the guy out of the way and then get the win from there. That's how the racing was in the early 2000s to 20, all the way up until the mid to mid 2010s, around the 2014, 2015 time. This really all started really when Joey Logano went over to Team Penske. It was around 2013-2014 is when you really started to see this new aggressive form of racing start to slowly take over with, again, Joey Logano. Now, a lot of people don't like Joey Logano for those reasons where he feels like they Logano just bulldozes through everybody and really doesn't have any regard for a driver code. But if you really look back at the history of Joey Logano, you can't really get... You can't really blame Joey Logano for being the way the driver that he is today. Because in his early years, Logano was getting 
bullied and really taken advantage of on the track, especially in his years in Joe Gibbs Racing. So once he got that second chance at Penske, Logano fell. I got a second chance to prove myself after many tough years with Joe Gibbs Racing. I'm not going to let these people take advantage of me here at Penske like they did for me at Joe Gibbs Racing with this second chance and second opportunity. And that's really when you start to see Logano become more aggressive. And that's how you start to see Logano getting more wins. In fact, ever since Joey Logano went to Penske, he did become a new driver, not just in the sense of receiving more accolades, more wins, obviously won a championship, but just as a driver, he finally stood up for himself. He may have took it a little too far, but that could be Joey Logano's way of saying, you've taken advantage of me before, you're never going to do that again. And a lot of people in the garage area, they're not going to take advantage of Joey Logano, I will tell you that. They'll retaliate against him, unless you're William Byron, but they'll not take advantage of a situation if Joey Logano's there because they know Logano will fight back. That's what Joey Logano started. Now, what has happened recently is because with this new playoff format where winning takes above everything, because winning gets you a playoff spot, it gets you potentially even locked into a new round, playoff points, winning means so much nowadays that drivers feel like they really don't have a choice but to just dump the next guy because they feel like if I don't win this race, I'm not making the playoffs. I'm not getting those extra five bonus points that could take me to the next round. So drivers, I feel, it's not like they necessarily want to bump a guy or dump a guy, but it feels like they really don't have a choice because of how much is on the line for a race win nowadays. I mean, think about it. Between first and second place in terms of finishing a race, that's the difference between five playoff points that's the difference between being locked into the playoffs or not. That's the difference between an all being locked into potentially the all-star race. And most of the time nowadays, that's potentially the difference between being locked into the clash. Say what you want about the all-star race or the clash, but that's more spawn, that's more eyes on you, that's more eyes on your sponsors. And more eyes on the sponsors usually means more money coming to you as well. Not just to you, but to the race team. So because of that, the culture of the sport, because... NASCAR, in a way, really has no one to blame but themselves for the driver code seeming to necessarily go away because they put too much emphasis on winning. Have they not made winning, the win-in-your-in system where if you win a race, you're automatically locked in? We probably would see a lot more clean racing nowadays because drivers don't feel like it's now or never to win a, to win a race to make, the champ, to make the playoffs. So because of what NASCAR has done with its systems and its formats, they've installed this culture whether purposefully or not, to where drivers feel like they have no choice. They have to disregard the driver's code. So you can really, you can get mad at the drivers a lot of times than not, especially during down in the Arca series where it feels like almost every driver down there, maybe besides the top two in the standings, where they literally do bulldoze through one another. I'm talking drivers like Drew Dollar where they don't even feel like they have talent. They just feel like they know how to mash a gas pedal and run over a guy. But besides that, if you're going towards a truck and Xfinity series, it feels like they don't have much of a choice. Because again, NASCAR has installed this culture and this new system where if you don't win, it's like you don't, it's like you're not even in the race at all. So that's just from the NASCAR side of things. What about because I was talking with my buddy NASCAR opinion, William Richard, and we were trying to think about. What is the driver's code in terms of IndyCar or Formula One? Because obviously with an IndyCar or Formula One, you can't really retaliate because if you retaliate, not only are you going to direct 
yourself because obviously those cars are so sensitive to any type of damage, but you could potentially injure yourself in the process way more than potentially injuring yourself in NASCAR because obviously they don't have fenders. I do think that you still feel like there is a level of respect towards how each driver races each other because you can still race aggressively in IndyCar. Alexander Rossi has shown that. Max Verstappen has shown that where you can push the limits on how aggressive you are. You can push it to where it doesn't feel like there's necessarily a driver code that's being respected by those drivers. But I feel like there is a strong driver code in the open wheel series, mostly for the reason of they want to take care of each other. They don't want to necessarily injure each other. And that's why you see very rarely confrontation in those series nowadays, which that can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. It may not be a good thing in terms of no confrontations from maybe a publicity standpoint, but from a health of the sport in terms of their integrity, that's probably why a lot of people view IndyCar and Formula 1 in a lot more integral light than NASCAR. Because NASCAR, they, like I said, they've enveloped this culture where winning takes above everything and these drivers feel like they just have to run over each other. IndyCar and Formula 1 aren't like that. Winning is important, but it is an end-all, be-all. So the drivers understand that, so they know they still need to respect and take care of one another. And because of that, people probably view the drivers of IndyCar and Formula 1 a lot more favorably than NASCAR in terms of the overall motorsports fan base, not necessarily specific fan base in terms of different series. So there is a driver code in those series, and you can see it with how they race. It's one of those where you could just tell, but you can't necessarily explain Driving, the driver's code is a very weird thing in terms of motorsports because you never know what's going to be the line and you never know what you crossed or you haven't. We're starting to see the driver's code kind of start to become a thing of the past, especially on the NASCAR side of things. But again, if we really want to see why this driver code is going away, we don't really necessarily, in my opinion, have to look at the drivers. We have to look at the sanctioning body NASCAR themselves on what they've done these past few years to really wither the driver code away. Alright, so now let's move on to our next segment, and this one should be probably a fairly quick one, which is, at the beginning of the season, actually not even towards the beginning, probably around the 8th to ninth week of the season, the name of the game was, are we going to have more than 16 winners? Are there going to be enough spots for every single winner of the season to make the playoffs? Are we going to have drivers who've won races not make the playoffs? Is one win enough to lock yourself in? What are we at now? Race. We are now in race 15. We just finished up race 15, and it feels like the same story every single year. We're probably going to get less than 16 winners, honestly. But let's go through it. Let's go through the playoff grid. Let's go through each driver and predict. Are we really going to have more than 16 winners this year? So let's take a look at the drivers who are currently locked in. You have Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Chase Briscoe, and Austin Sindrick are all currently locked into the playoffs. That's 11 drivers. Currently, the drivers that are currently inside the playoff bubble without a win are Ryan Blaney, Martin Trix Jr., Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Eric Almarola. And then, you know, we'll talk about who's on the outside later, maybe once we start talking about who might win, who might not win. But you might think, okay, Blaney's probably going to win. Truex is probably going to win. Bell is probably going to win. Reddick is probably going to win. That's four winners right there. That'll bump us up to 15 winners. And then you start thinking about who's on the outside looking at. Harvick, you can never count out. Eric Jones looks like they have top 10 speed every once in a while. They might sneak in a win. Daniel Suarez has top five speed. If he can finally put a race together, 
he might be in contention for a win. So that's another three drivers I just mentioned. That's 17 drivers. So obviously one of them will be on the outside looking in. And then you start looking at multi-time winners. But something that I noticed. The past two weeks, we've had multiple-time winners. Obviously, we had Denny Hamlin winning the Coke 600. And then Joey Logano, who obviously won the inaugural race at Gateway. So let's take a look at the schedule. Let's take a look at the remaining races that we have going into the playoffs. And I'm going to tell you if I think we're going to get a brand new winner or, well, I won't necessarily say if we are. I think I'm going to say who I think, what I think has a better chance of happening. Let's start off with Sonoma. I do think we have a better chance at getting a brand new winner. I think Truex, probably the best driver when it comes to racing at Sonoma. I think if Truex is very strong, which he has been for the past couple weeks, I think we could see a new winner there. Nashville Super Speedway, I think we're going to see another multi-time winner. I'm not saying who it's going to be, but I think we're getting another multi-time winner. So that'll put us at around 12 winners. Road America, probably another multi-time winner because it seems like all the good road course races already nabbed a win this season. That will put us again at 12. Atlanta Motor Speedway, I could see us getting a new winner because, again, Super Speedway, we don't know what necessarily is going to happen, especially because this will only be the second time that we race in Atlanta in its Super Speedway configuration. So I'm going to say new winner, that will bring us to 13. New Hampshire, I think we get a new winner. Probably going to be Christopher Bell, but that will bring us to 14. Pocono, I think we get another multi-time winner. That will keep us at 14. Same thing with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. Michigan, I think we get another multi-time winner. Same thing with Richmond, Watkins Glen, and Daytona. Daytona, we might get a new winner, but we rarely see that nowadays. Besides William Byron in 2020, I mean, Blaney got his third win last year. Trying to think of 2019, yeah, we had Justin Haley. So we had a couple of new first-time winners these past couple years. But really, when everything is on the line, I do think that the better drivers are going to come out on top. And the better drivers usually are the drivers of multiple wins. So I named 14 winners. Because throughout the rest of the season, a lot of the rest of the schedule is going to favor drivers who already have a win. I'm talking drivers like Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Kyle... Kyle Larson. Drivers who are established, they're very good, they have already a win, so they could just go out and just win more races. So to answer the question, do I think that we're going to get more than 16 winners? I don't think so. I think Chase Elliott's going to nab another win. I think Ross Chastain's going to nab another win. I think you will see Blaney and Truex and Bell nab wins, and that'll bring us to 14 winners. But other than that, I think the rest of the season is going to be won by multi-time drivers you might have reddick win a race which might bump it up to 15 or someone else you could see it get up to 16 or 17 winners but besides that i mean i think we're gonna i don't think we're gonna see 16 winners before the playoffs start all right now let's move on to our race weekend ranking sponsored by johnny b's barbershop if you live in the south florida area head over to johnny b's barbershop if you're in need of a haircut Rob, Johnny, Will, and the rest of the crew will not only give you a fantastic cut, the best that you've ever had, but a friendly atmosphere that you do not receive at any other barber or big barber chains as well. Located on Davy Road Extension and Sterling Road across the street from the Wawa, head over to Johnny B's Barbershop for your next haircut today. So, in today's list, we got the Cup Series Race at Gateway, the Xfinity Series Race at Portland, the Truck Series Race at Gateway, and the IndyCar Series Race at Detroit. And... I'm going to put a little disclaimer before we begin. All these races, I would consider they were good races. I wouldn't say necessarily any of them were bad. I'm going to give them all positive scores. 
but obviously, you know, some are going to be better than others. So with that, let's just start, jump straight into it, talking about number four on the list, and that's the IndyCar Series Race of Detroit. The best moment for me was the Will Power Redemption story, where, you know, Power, I'm not exactly 100% what the Redemption story was in the sense of either it was in terms of this race or the race from last year, but I did keep track of the story in terms of how it was going on throughout the race. He looked like he was pretty dominantly clear throughout the entire race. So again, Will Power getting that redemption that he deserves, you always want to see the story. Worst moment for me, this race didn't really necessarily have a lot of bad moments, so I'm kind of nitpicking when I say this. So I'm just going to go with the Graham Rahal smack of the wall in lap two, just because good car, good track for Graham Rahal. I see him pretty much out of contention early on. You don't want to see that. And this is a race which it didn't have a WTF moment, so that's number four on my list. I'm going to give the race a six out of ten. You know, a pretty good race, but nothing spectacular. You know, just an average, decent IndyCar race. Number three on the list, and... Honestly, number three and number two, you could probably flip around. Like, they're very near identical, honestly. So, you could probably put number two and number three, and number three and number two. Number three on the list, I'm going to go with the Xfinity Series race at Portland. Best moment for me was A.J. Allmendinger's drive throughout the entire field, having to go to pit road to repair some damage at the beginning, to go from that dead spank and last, pretty much, to going ahead and winning the race. That is a drive that you almost never see happen nowadays in NASCAR, especially at a road course. So that was the best moment of the race for me. Worst moment of the race for me was, I'm going to put it at the lap 28 big one, where you had a bunch of good cars, such as the 98 car. You know, a lot of great race cars. Taken out early, you never want to see that. And my WTF moment for me in the race is Jesse Awuji just turning Ty Gibbs for no reason. Door bumper clear could say better than I can, but... Jesse Wooji should not be in a race car. And this week just proves it more than anything. Number two on the list, I'm going to put the Truck Series race at Gateway. Best moment for me is Derek Krause versus Christian Eckes towards the end, where those two were just slugging it out, beating and banging for the final 10 laps of the race until we got a couple overtimes. But those two were just neck and neck trying to get the win of that race. So that's the best moment of the race for me. Worst moment of the race for me was that Carson Hosevar crash during overtime where it seems like now he's going to miss a couple races because it sounds like he broke a foot or something. So to have a crash where a driver gets injured, you never want to see that. But this race didn't really necessarily have a WTF moment. I mean, if you want to count the crash, I wouldn't count that crash as a WTF moment. But if you want to, go ahead. I personally won't. Both of these races, I'm going to give a 7 out of 10. Very good races. Again, probably nothing spectacular, but very good, very solid races. However, the number one race for me on this list is clear-cutting away the best race of the weekend, in my opinion, and that's the Cup Series race at Gateway. It had everything you needed. Best moment for me was Kyle Busch versus Joey Logano for that final overtime, where you had Joey Logano and Kyle Busch swapping the lead left and right, back and forth, slide jobs, under slide jobs, diamond in the corner, crossovers, everything that you wanted. Two of the best, two really old rivals going at it. It was fantastic to watch. Worst moment for me was just Ross Chastain's driving as a whole. I mean, just plowing through Denny Hamlin, plowing through Chase Elliott. And he had it coming. Whatever he has coming, he deserves it. What My WTF moment is nothing. This is probably the WTF moment of the week, which is Dennis the Menace and William Clyde Elliott II, Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott, teaming up to just go after Ross Chastain. With Chase Elliott putting Chastain to the wall and then Denny Hamlin just sideswiping Chastain to keep him there. That was the 
funniest moment of the entire year in my opinion, and probably the WTF moment of the year so far. This was a fantastic race besides that. It exceeded expectations. A race that we thought was probably going to have very little passing, had lots of passing, multiple groups, something we did not expect. So this is the race I'm going to give also a 9 out of 10. So again, number 1, I got the Cup Series race at Gateway. Number 2, I got Trucks at Gateway. Number 3, I got Xfinity at Portland. And number 4, I got the IndyCar race at Detroit. But again, Trucks and Gateway, you can flip those around if you want to. I just think that those races in terms of quality were pretty much identically similar. Alright, now let's end off the episode with our verse of the week. So, here we go, folks. Got the verse ready. We're opening up the Motorsports Manual, and here it is. From the Book of Shell, Chapter 9, Verse 11, our verse of the week is, From an old rival alliance to an old rival reunion. And if you don't know what this means, is the old rival alliance, basically Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin teaming up to go after Ross Chastain, to an old rivalry, to an old rival revival, which is Kyle Busch and Joey Logano going at it for the win. So that's your verse of the week, and that's it for your edition of the Motorsport Ministry. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys want to listen to the pre to the rest of the back catalog of the Motorsport Ministry, just search us up on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. You can find all previous episodes. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time.